Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here are your hosts, Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. Hey, good Saturday afternoon, and welcome uh, to Faith Marketplace, where we equip entrepreneurs, small business owners, with all kinds of resources to create community, to make a kingdom impact, to glorify mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. And boy, today have we got some fabulous ones. I'm the host of the show, Bob Lambert, and uh, I'm the founding partner of Samurai Business Group, where we offer entrepreneurs as individuals and small mid-market companies and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At Samurai Business Group, we put the win back in your sales. And boy, have we got an action-packed group today. I've got two fabulous guests, uh, one that I've known for over 17 years, and finally, I, I you know, uh, beat him into submission to come on the show, and a new get, a new person to me, but boy, she's become a fast friend. I'd like to introduce you to Kendra Spearman. She's an attorney, a founder, and an executive director of Spearman Law and the Justice Renewal Initiative. And boy, are we going to have some good fun with that today and learning more about that. So, Kendra, welcome. Thank you, Bob, for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yes. And uh, folks, I got to tell you, listeners, this lady is bringing it. Uh, you should have been prior to the show. You should have heard the wonderful prayer that she put us into to call down God and to bless this show. But hey, Kendra, I was interested in, you had a quote that you shared with us uh, from uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. Why don't you share that with our audience and why is that uh, meaningful to you? Sure. Uh, the quote is, any religion that professes to be concerned with the souls of men and is not concerned with the slums that damn them, the economic conditions that strangle them, and the social conditions that cripple them is a dry as dust religion. Uh, it's one of my favorite quotes because I grew up in the Baptist church. Uh, it was a heavy emphasis on uh, spiritual development, uh, moral compass and character. Uh, but I didn't really see a lot of like social justice advocacy type work. Uh, I, when I found out that I wanted to go to law school, I was a bit reluctant uh, because of some of the negative stereotypes associated with being a lawyer. And so when I found out about this quote and Dr. King, him being a minister as well, it made me more comfortable. Uh, aligning my faith with my work and social justice. So I feel like as, as a Christian, we want to work on a holistic individual, which involves much more than just spiritual development. Boy, amen, huh? Really? Now, uh, you know, your origins are not here in Chicago, though. Where are you from? I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, uh, born and raised. That's home. That's where family still is. And I get there uh, every now and then. You mean they didn't say, no, no, you don't want to go north, stay down here? <laughs> you know, I'm still trying to get used to this weather. Uh, I came up here and I would, I was just walking down the street and the people didn't seem as friendly. And the first time that that wind hit me, I understood why everybody's in a hurry to get to where they're going. <laughs> that south would kind of just, you know, kicking the breeze, speaking to everybody. So I, I understand the difference now. <laughs> now you understand the difference. I love it. <laughs> 
Well, I heard it once described that uh, that Nashville was the buckle of the Bible Belt. What's what is Memphis then? (laughs) (laughs) I I will say Memphis is the same. Uh, Okay, southern states we we have that. Um, I think there was an article put out about the ten things, uh, the most, the ten things that you can be rest assured of in the South. And the first one was like, everybody loves Jesus. Ah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, folks, I want to share with you, you know, what some of the some of the things that Kendra is going to really share with us today is Christians should be concerned about criminal legal reform. The criminal justice system needs a revolution. And God is not pleased with the status quo of our criminal legal system. Boy, what a heart you've got for this. So let me ask you now, you are an attorney. What is mainly your practice that you uh, focus on in your practice? So my practice is civil rights. So that includes criminal defense. That's probably 90% of my practice. I also do employment discrimination and I do uh, civil rights cases with police misconduct, police brutality, excessive force. So generally civil rights. Uh, mostly criminal defense. Wow. And that's a subject that's really heated up here in the last couple of years, hasn't it? Absolutely. So I would imagine you're pretty busy. <laughs> very busy. Very, very busy. Hey, praise the Lord for that. Um, when you say that uh, the criminal justice system needs a revolution, now that's, that's pretty strong. What does that mean, a revolution? Right. There are so many issues that are so complex and deep with the criminal justice system. And when we think about reform, that's the term we use a lot when mm-hmm. it comes to the criminal justice system. And you think about a change in law, uh, a change in policy, a change in a way that something is carried out. Uh, but the, the criminal system needs to be revolutionized. It, it's almost like we need to start over from the beginning uh, because the issues are so complex, so systemic, and so deep. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's why I use the term revolution as opposed to reform. So obviously your interest in this area and from an early age and going through uh, school and going through a law school, uh, God really laid this on your heart, didn't he? Absolutely. And so how long has the Justice Re- uh, Renewal Initiative been around? So it's been around about a year. Um, okay. We did, our, we, we did a soft lunch back in February, but we incorporated last year. Um, okay. The mission of the Justice Renewal Initiative, however, is something that I've been doing since I started uh, practicing law back in 2016. I just didn't have the official umbrella. Um, And so the Justice Renewal Initiative, it complements my law practice in that we try to walk alongside my clients outside of the courtroom uh, to be sure they have access to certain social services that they desperately need to stay out of the system. And so is this a, a large voluntary organization or do you have employees or how's this thing? How do you work with it? I mean, this is a huge issue. So, uh, you know, getting something like this up and running and then having the support for it, that's got to be a bit of a challenge, right? Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons that, that I feel so blessed. Uh, I've had people to volunteer their time. Uh, nobody is being paid. I think between the board of directors and the various task force, I have about 50 to 60 people who are volunteering their time to help out with this issue. I think uh, recently what's happened in the news uh, with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor brought a lot of attention to it. And I mm-hmm. think it made it a little easier to get people uh, to sign on now that people, that awareness is there, that that, that there is an issue. Uh, but I've, God has blessed us tremendously to have people to just volunteer their time and even their money uh, to support this cause. 
you know, <clears throat> where's God playing all this as far as obviously you're a Christian and people know that you're a person of faith, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a strong component there. Uh, how does that play in the secular world? I mean, it, it's difficult because when you think about criminal defense, uh, people tend to associate uh, negative stereotypes with people who've been accused of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately for me, uh, being in the black community, unfortunately, because so many people have come into contact with the criminal system in the black community, most people tend to understand uh, why I do what I do. Uh, but mm-hmm. if you think about it, uh, when, when when people are charged with crimes, uh, people make mistakes. I think people even in the secular world can relate to that, even if they're sure. not Christian. Uh, when you make a mistake, you should not be penalized uh, for the rest of your life, which 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 essentially happens with many of my clients for something uh, that you did uh, years ago and a mistake that you've made, especially when you have uh, paid your time um, and your debt to society. Yeah. And, you know, this is like you said, this is a monumental issue. I mean, uh, this has been around for a long time. It's very deeply rooted. So uh, how do you think God's going to play this out? How How is he helping out with this? I think uh, God is raising up uh, a lot of people who are interested in this area of work. And what I see is that people from various backgrounds, so not just lawyers, not just judges, uh, but people who have passions in mental health, uh, people who care about homelessness they're starting to see how all of this is tied to criminal justice reform. And I tell people in my community all the time, any issue that's associated with the black community, poverty, uh, issues with public education, it can all be tied to the uh, criminal justice system. And so I see God really using me to be that vessel to show people uh, that we need to see God in places outside of the four walls of the church and the criminal justice system is one of the primary places uh, because we know God does not like oppression. God does right. not like systems that uh, perpetuates problems for people who are poor and already disadvantaged. And so I really see God working uh, through me and the people that he's connected me with to really bring change uh, to this area. Now, are you getting much support from the Christian community, Kendra? More and more. Uh, absolutely. I have a task force of faith leaders, faith-based uh, committee that are made. Okay pastors and people who I attend church with who are dedicated to this issue. So absolutely. Ah, I love it. So as a young woman, you start to form this in you that you saw this, was it down in the, in your community down there or how did you really, this become really a burning bush issue for you? So actually uh, going into law school, I was not interested in criminal justice at all. I was interested in public education and the way that that's funded and how it created racial disparities. Okay. Get into civil rights and you learn about systems that cause racial disparities. uh, You'll learn that the criminal justice system is one of those. So I didn't go to law school wanting to do this. It's just something I discovered in my other civil rights work. Yeah. um, Education. yeah, and that I, you, that wasn't a coincidence. I think God laid that in your heart, right? <laughs> he has a tendency to do that. Hey, well, folks, we're going to come back. I can't believe we're already up through the first segment with Kendra. But we want you to get out there and visit faithmarketplace.com. We've got all kinds of goodies out there. And I want you to uh, text me at 312-210-0603. I've got lots of goodies out there. And just text me and say, goodies okay and we'll make sure that we get something to you because i got a lot of stuff we got to give away 
Also, uh, like I said, if you visit the website, we've got a new website. We've got some stuff out there going on. I'd like to get some input on that. And then uh, we're going to be right back with Kendra Spearman. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, Kendra Spearman. She's an attorney, a founder, and an executive director of her own law firm, Spearman Law. And she's also the executive director of the Justice Renewal Initiative, which she started over a year ago. And we're going to learn a little bit more about that. But I'm going to kind of get specific with you here, Kendra. As an attorney, what what are the kind of clients? Give me some example of clients that you serve. Sure. Uh, so most of my clients uh, are male. I do have a few female clients, but most of my clients in the criminal defense area are male, uh, tend to range between 18 to 32, uh, and are African-American. Okay. And then uh, what kind of problems do you help them solve, or how do you represent them? Sure. Uh, a lot of them, uh, they they come from homes of poverty, uh, homes that uh, where they lack certain social services. A lot of them honestly have mental health issues that they need help coping with. And unfortunately, it's very hard to help them solve solve all of that just doing litigation in the courtroom. So I had to come up with the Justice Renewal Initiative to help complement my advocacy inside the courtroom. Uh, I've had clients, most of them, they just have this sense of hopelessness uh, because they feel overwhelmed in a system uh, where, honestly, if you're poor and Black, you're going to get the short end of the stick. And that's just the reality of it. So a lot of them have lost hope uh, because of this system. And I found that my advocacy and support for them outside of the courtroom tends to give them something um, to look forward to. It helps them hold them more accountable. Uh, I have stories of uh, young people who uh, were kicked out of GED programs uh, because they couldn't get the court approved movement uh, if they're like on house arrest or electronic monitoring. So just having that support of me encouraging them uh, to, to sign up for programs to help get their high school diploma or GED has been a tremendous help. I have a young man who made a mistake when he was 17. He's 27 now, still dealing with that. He was just recently let go of a job from a job uh, because, because of a mistake he made 10 years ago. And I, wow. uh, with the Justice Renewal Initiative, we've been able to actually hire him uh, to participate in a program where he actually gets to pick a community issue and come up with a solution and raise public awareness around that issue. Uh, so I have some great stories of if you just support young people and show them compassion, as opposed to just thinking about punitive ways or responses, right. uh, that we can really restore people to the community. I, I, lost what, I loved what you said about you know what makes your business unique and your initiative unique is that hodgepodge of services. So, <laughs> so really, I guess what you're really saying then from what I'm understanding is the Justice Renewal Initiative really is pulling together community resources, right? And so after they, that you engage with them or you're in the courts or you're around all this stuff, you become maybe a go-to person that they can look towards to give them some hope afterwards, also to give them some resources or help them with resources, because that's what it sounds like is happening. Yeah, absolutely. So once a, a client comes into contact with me, uh, him, he or she will receive can receive mental health counseling. Uh, again, they could get help with GED or if they want to go to trade school or college. And then we have a task force that's dedicated to like entrepreneurship skills and uh, giving them like job ready skills. So all of that's important. If we t- we're talking about eliminating this revolving door 
um, that's in our criminal justice. Yeah. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, Kendra, how do they get a hold of you? Sure. So uh, I'm, my well, our website is www.djri.org, and it has a couple of options where you can reach out and an email will come straight to me. Uh, I'm also on all social media platforms, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Kendra Spearman, just my first and last name. Uh, and then my email is going to be kspearman at djri.org. Very good. Uh, by the way, I want you guys to text me at 312-210-0603. Uh, Kendra has a Facebook gathering uh, once a month, and she'd like to invite people into that. So get out there and uh, text me here at the studio and just write down the uh, uh, justice. Just write down the, the word justice, keyword justice, and I will send you the URL to, for you to be able to visit uh, the website and also to sign up for one of these monthly discussions that she has, which is fabulous. I, I love what you're doing out in the community, Kendra, and how you're pulling people together and getting the awareness. You know, that's the other part of this thing. You know, oftentimes there, there are people with a lot of good intentions, but then it doesn't go anywhere. And, and that's what we want to make sure that we don't have. Uh, we want you to have the, some key uh, uh, takeaways today that People need to be engaged in the criminal justice system. I think we raised some awareness, hopefully here today, especially Christians, uh, and also engage in you know helpful conversation. Wouldn't you say uh, conversations? Uh, you know, for me, it's a lot of education, just understanding, uh, and I think Christians need to do that to reach out and just have a discussion where it's a discussion based on understanding and not you know, placing blame or judgment or any of the rest of that stuff. And that's just my take on it. But uh, I've been around this, as you know, Kendra, a little bit. And I, I can tell you, I know exactly what you're talking about. And we need a lot of help with it. And there's no question about it. Well, Kendra, thank you. I want to introduce our next guest, which also uh, Kendra knows very well. And that's Mr. Ron Boxteller. And Ron is the CEO of Amada Law Offices. Uh, right here in Chicago. He has a number of locations, and uh, I can tell you that in full disclosure, I'm one of his clients, and it's been at least 12 or 13 years that I've been one of his clients with our offices downtown. Ryan, I want to welcome you, buddy. Bob, thanks for having me on the show. It's uh, good to finally be here. Good to finally be here, and you were instrumental in introducing me to Kendra because you're also involved in the, uh, the uh, uh, justice renewal, aren't you? I am. It's a great story. Um, God's worked in my life by bringing Kendra into my life. And uh, sometimes I ask him to get rid of her, but he won't. <laughs> well, why don't we talk about that story a little bit? How'd you two meet and, and how did God lead you into working with her? So it kind of started, you know, my company, I started my company back about 19 years ago, and we were kind of a generic shared office space. And over the years, we migrated into catering to law firms, attorneys, and and providing services. And along that way, we partnered up with Chicago Kent uh, Law School, and they have what's called an incubator program. So an attorney graduates law school, and they decide they're going to go out on their own. Well, they'll put them in this incubator program to help them get going, give them a, a mentor and, and different services so that you know they can succeed. And in that, we offer free office space uh, and services while attorneys are in that program. So when Kendra graduated uh, law school, she joined that program and then she ended up coming over to Amada to utilize the services we are offering, which is all part of, it's kind of what I guess we'd call what God's leading us to do to help change the legal system. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's terrific, Ron. I, 
I, I so admire what you're doing with that. And, and you're right. I mean, you've seen this and been around it a long time. But your your business uh, proposition and plan kind of shifted here over what the last five or six years where you really started focusing on attorneys. Absolutely. We got really focused. I think if you're a small business, one of the things I think if small business owners are listening and the, it, one thing is they say, why, wh- how do I become successful is get focused, know right. what you want to cater to and what you want to do and become the best at it. Find that niche in your industry. And that's what we did. We found a niche in the legal industry to say, we're going to give office space, legal support services, answer phones for law firms. That's yeah, going to be And it's client. been growing exponentially. Hats off to you, Ron. It's been uh, I've just watched the growth and I watched the success of it. And you're right. You filled the niche and you uh, got real comfortable with it, didn't you? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, and I've been a little bit remiss. I want to thank you for your service. Ron is a former Marine and served our country. Uh, how many years were you in, Ron? Just four years. Four years. Okay. But uh, you, did that give you any any discipline or anything? Uh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a uh, high school dropout and uh you know getting my girlfriend pregnant at a young age i wasn't the ideal uh kid coming out and i used the marine corps to give myself some self-discipline and then end up paying for college with the Ah. uh, veterans grant now did you know the lord while you're in the marines i did you know i met the lord when i was young um okay so young it's hard to remember i grew up with just my father um no mother in the picture and one of my best friends father was my minister at the methodist church i went to Wow. <laughs> you just learned. It was just natural. You do the right things. You understand that God's always there for you. And then you don't get stressed out when things are tough. Yeah. Yeah. That, and it, it really is something to hold on to, especially in these times we're going through right now. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, what kind of encouragement will you give a young lawyer or the people that come to you that would like to have <clears throat> some wisdom? What, what kind of encouragement do you give to them? You know, first find the work. If you're going to be, if you're an attorney, find the the area of practice that you're passionate about. That's really going to get you up in the morning, and you're going to enjoy. That way, you're going to enjoy a long career. If you're out just to do it for the money, it's going to be a very hard, short career. Mm. Um, don't be afraid to make changes. Once you first start off in a business plan and it's not working, you know, be able to to say, "Look, this isn't working. I'm going to make changes." Go ahead and make those changes, and then always balance your work family and leisure, you're, you're the three areas of your life to keep a balanced life. Don't become, you know, what I was at young, I, at my young age, I was a workaholic and didn't realize that, you know, you got to bring in family you got to right. bring in God and you got to kind of bring everything together. You know, Amen, brother. I mean, you're speaking to the choir on that one. I was in the <laughs> desert for 36 years and it was all about me. And, you know, that was the money first and the career and all that and family and God wasn't even the picture for a long stretch of that. So, uh, man, I, I can echo with that. Um, you know, the, uh, the other thing, Ron, is um, in the business and in you doing this, uh, how, how do you express your faith in your business? But, you know, it's been hard for me because it's not, you know, as I, as I talk to Kendra about these things, um, I've never been one to come out and let's just talk about this. So that's been uh-huh. hard, hard, you know, even coming on this show was hard for me. Right. So, you know, I, I've always felt we've expressed our faith in the mission and what we're out there, and that's to help yep. others. Always yep. put others first. Yep. And I love the I love your quote in here too that uh, always do the right thing no matter what the consequences to yourself. Uh, how how'd you come up with that one? I think when I was a little kid, I think when I was young, uh, you know, Methodist Mr. Catlin, he's the one that kind of said that to me, and it's one of those things that you do, it's there, and you're it's it's who you are. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, your, your military training kind of echoes that too, right? Uh, being a Marine did wonders for me. It was, it was wonderful. 
<laughs> Love it. Well, folks, I can't believe the segment's that fast. We're going faster today, folks. Hey, well, listen, we want you to get out there at Texas again at 312-210-0603 and put in there gifts or uh, give me give me prizes because I got a whole big goodie bag. And will you stay with us. We're going to be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with Ron Boxteller. He is the CEO of Amada Law Offices and Suites. And as I said before, uh, I'm a client of his. My, our offices are in one of his suite areas. He's got, how many floors do you have downtown now, Ron? Uh, we're seven right now. Seven floors downtown. And these are fabulous offices. So, And why I'm setting that up is the fact that Ron is being very generous today. He is giving away... Uh, one year of a virtual office at Amana Suites, which could be worth up to $2,500. So what we're going to do here is you have to uh, text me, and the keyword is Amata, A-M-A-T-A. And the first person that texts me with that keyword at 312-210-0603 is going to get that. Uh, Ron is going to make that available for the first person that texts us with a keyword, Amata, A-M-A-T-A. Hey, Ron, let's get back into this again. We've heard a little bit about your heart, uh, your your faith walk and your background. And uh, I'm just kind of curious, too, is uh, that you got to know Kendra. How long ago was that that you got introduced to Kendra? Uh, five years ago. Five years ago. So how did she persuade you to get involved uh, with the initiative, with the Justice Renewal Initiative? One word, Bob, persistence. She <laughs> asked me four years ago if I okay. would uh, join the board for this organization she was creating. And I said, boy, I'm pretty busy. What's it going to entail? And we'd chat back and forth. And I think a couple of years probably went by of doing that. And she said, called again and said, okay, I'm ready to launch. It's time to go. And I don't even know the same words, but it was more of an assumptive close <laughs> when you're on the board. And then I get on the board and she says, you know, we need officers. And, you know, I'm like, oh. Don't got time for that. The next thing you know, I'm the president of the board. <laughs> so well, I, you know, I know God's working in my life because he's brought this wonderful person and so many wonderful people into my life to help me understand how I can help other people. Yeah. How's this been for as far as an education, Ryan? When you know, offline, we start talking about that, that we as uh, white, predominantly white Christian people, uh, you know, don't really understand what maybe people of color are going through or in the situation. So how has this helped you to understand better? So I've actually met some of our candidates, some of our um, people we're helping and to sit and listen to their stories and understand what they're going through. And then to think to myself about me or my kids and say, my son would be a good example, goes and Maybe he's drinking underage, gets hauled down to the police station, and I go down and pick him up, and okay, it's pretty much over. Whereas if he was a young black kid, did exactly the same thing, he might be dealing with that for the next 10 years of his life through some kind of a probational system. And that's reality, and it scared me. I'm like, wow, that's unbelievable. In the United States, this is happening. Mm -hmm. So that it just opens my eyes. Ah, uh, so with with what you you're now on the board, you're the president of the board. So what do you guys, what are you hoping to accomplish with this? What are you trying to do? And where do you see the, where, where things going? So we're offering a few different services. And, and then one that I'm very passionate about is mental health. Mm. You know, in this country, we tend to forget or ignore mental health. We've closed most of our mental health, uh, some homes, 
over the last 20, 30 years in this country. And we kind of let them just go. And that's a major issue, especially with these young, young children. There's there, Kendra has uh, clients that they stay on probation because they can't pass a GED, not because they're not smart. They just have trouble taking a written test. But no one mm -hmm. takes the time to understand that they have some some issues that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if they had some mental health services, they would be able to pass that GD, get out of the system and go on to have productive, successful lives in the country. So that's one of the biggest things. The other thing is getting, you know, helping them find jobs. You know, why are yeah. we branding people for the rest of their life because they did something when they were 18 years old? Right. It makes no sense. Right. You know, and when you look at the pool of those people. You know, how many people are in that? Because as you know, uh, I've been on the board of the Legacy Reentry Foundation. That's exactly what we're doing is trying to help them get employment and education and get them back into society so they can be productive citizens. And uh, some of the stories that I've heard and some of the things that I've seen, I mean, it's just it's absolutely incredible. But I'm, I'm really encouraged by some of the movement we're seeing now around the country. Uh, Mod Pizza is being one of those. Uh, the folks that founded that basically contribute the success of that of that franchise, and it's growing rapidly, to two things. Number one, hiring formerly incarcerated and also uh, hiring people of special needs and uh, and giving them opportunity. And also, frankly, they can earn their way into uh, becoming franchisees. So that's, that's uh, a great story. It's a great story. It's pretty exciting. So um so what, what would you encourage or what would you say to our audience out there today as far as, um, you know, how they should get involved or where they should get involved or if they should get involved? Kind of go back to the same thing. If you're going to start a business, find what you're going to be passionate about. There's a lot of organizations out there that are doing some really good things that need people. They need money, but they need your time. Time is probably mm. more important than money. You know, you got the Simon Wiesenthal Center. They recently lost uh, the uh, Mobile Museum of Tolerance in Illinois, which is just an amazing program. They took uh, converted a huge bus um, into a theater room, and they're going around from school to school, educating people on racism, anti-Semitism, what the history is held, and how we can change the way things are, are, are going forward. So that's another great program. Just, just find what you're going to be passionate about that you can really enjoy doing, and, and just get into your groove. But make it part of your everyday life and realize that, you know, let's talk a little bit of white privilege. It's not saying that, yeah, you grew up poor. I mean, I grew up poor too in a trailer park, but I still have mm -hmm. white privilege. Understand what it is. And most of us that are white uh, don't understand it. I mean, because we have it, right? We just don't know what the difference right. is. So don't look at it as a negative. Someone's beating you up. Just understand that there's other people that don't have the privileges that you have that you don't even know you have. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well spoken. And it's just taking the time and the effort to do that, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, in, in getting involved and in understanding it from the other person's perspective and also leave judgment at the door. I think that's the other part of this thing that uh, we have these glasses on oftentimes that are out of perspective because, frankly, don't know any better. You know, if right. you haven't been exposed to it, how are you going to even know anything about it? So that's what I'm, I'm encouraging people to do is just get out and get involved and take st baby steps, whatever you're comfortable with, but just start educating yourself and get involved much like what you did, Ron. So out of this experience so far, what have you learned? Well, I learned I'm not very smart and there's <laughs> a lot more educated people out there <laughs> than I am. I, you know, this is funny. I told Kendra, I'm like, man, I'm on this board, but I'm probably the only one that don't have a PhD or a law degree or some other advanced degree. So what did you just bring in the, the dumb white guy to, you know, <laughs> what am I here for? Um, because there's some amazing people out there doing amazing things. And I think we all just got to contribute in the way we can. 
Um, I, you know, the other thing I would say is, is get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You know, joining the justice renewal initiative was hard because it's outside of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, you know, it's, it's, but it's an eye opener and it really helps change everything. So Ron, because you have the kind of business you do and there's a lot of attorneys, are you getting a, a sense other attorneys want to be kind of joining in with this? Yes and no. I think a lot of attorneys are out there and they really want to help and do what they can. But, you know, one of the reasons we started focused on attorneys was to lower the stress and find, give them an option so they can actually practice law at a lower cost um, more easily than they were okay. before, because it's very stressful being an attorney. But if you can take away some of that stress and some of the cost to practice an attorney, then you can afford them to go out and help other people in ways that us non-attorneys cannot do. Let's help the audience understand, what are the services that you provide for the attorneys? Well, first, we offer uh, legal support services. So think paralegal services on demand, court filings, things that you, you can move off of the attorneys of plate, support services, uh, call answering, new client intake. Uh, so the attorneys don't have to deal with that, kind of setting up their calendars, helping with their scheduling. And then office space, scalable office space. One of the biggest things you get an attorney, you move in, you say, okay, I got to get 5,000. I got to spend this five to $10,000 a month in office space, but I really, really only need $1,200 worth of office space. So uh -huh. how can I do it for a, a lower cost? So then I can pass those savings on to my clients and, and, and maybe even help provide legal support services to the 70% of Americans who can't afford legal representation in this country. It's amazing. Right. Right. Yeah, and and you've grown exponentially there. So obviously something's working. It's resonating with them, right? That uh, that's freeing up their time because you're taking the burden of that off of them, right? By providing some of those services. Yeah, Bob. I believe that God said, "Hey, look, this is where you need to go because this is where you can be helpful." Mm -hmm. Well, I can't be an attorney. I can help attorneys help other people, and that's right. that's that's where I've been focused. Yeah. So how do you walk out your faith at work, Ron? Do people know that you're a Christian? I'd say yes. I've, majority of the people in my company or my uh, organization do know that I'm, I would say everyone probably knows I'm a Christian. Right. I think some wonder, because I do so much with the uh, Simon Wiesenthal Center, they might think that I'm Jewish, but I'm not. <laughs> I just believe in helping everyone. Yeah, that's great. I, I love that. Well, folks, I want you to get out there again and text me at 312-210-0603 with the keyword Amada. A-M-A-T-I, and the first person that comes and does that is going to get a virtual office space for a whole year uh, at one of Ron's locations. And I got to tell you something, you're going to be wowed. So I want to encourage your listeners, get out there and get on that phone and text me because you're going to want to get this space. It's fabulous. I don't know. Should I tell them about the, uh, the cognac bar room, uh, Ron? <laughs> Surprise. I think that's something they need to experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they made it very comfortable. And I got to tell you, I, I can't evangelize it enough. Uh, we've know, known you a long time, Ron. And I got to tell you, you are a man of quality and genuine and you are a man of integrity. You do what you say you're going to do, especially through COVID. And I have firsthand experience of that. So I want to thank you personally for what you did for us uh, during that period of time too. Okay. Absolutely. I can't believe we're up with our time already, but you guys got to stay tuned because Kendra and Ron and I are going to be back, and we're going to roundtable a mystery topic. So you got to come back and find out what it is that we're going to roundtable today. Get out there and check us out at faithmarketplace.com. Again, we have all kinds of goodies, so get out there. Text me again at 312-210-0603. 
and you got to say goodies. Okay. And I've got a couple of different keywords, but goodies is going to get it. So I've got stuff that I can send to you books. We got swag, all kinds of swag stuff that we can give you guys. So we're going to be right back with Ron Boxteller and Kendra Spearman for our roundtable discussion. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here again with my special guest, uh, Kendra Spearman, uh, an attorney, founder, and executive director of her own law firm, Spearman Law, and also the Justice Renewal Initiative, and also Ron Boxdaler. He is the CEO of Amada Law Office Suites and also on the board of Justice Renewal Initiative. And we're going to chew on something that's probably a little controversial and a little, quite a bit misunderstood. Kendra, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the recent Pretrial Fairness Act that was recently passed. Uh, most of, it, it's, it's a lot of provisions in the act, but most of the people are familiar with, most people are familiar with the cash bond elimination. Well, that's kind of been controversial. Uh, it's something I'm very excited about as a criminal defense attorney, though. So one, let, educate our, our audience then as to what does the cash bond initiative mean? So uh, usually when someone is accused uh, of, a, of a crime and they're charged, uh, they go before a judge and they have what's called a bond hearing. And uh, that bond hearing, the judge is supposed to consider certain factors, acute, uh, uh, including, excuse me, the nature of the crime, uh, whether the person is a flight risk, uh, the person's uh, background, uh, their financial resources, among other things. And sometimes a person will have to pay a fee to be able to be released while their trial is pending. Uh, the problem is over the years, it's caused a lot of hardships for people who are poor and Black. Uh, there are so many issues with it. And so essentially, it's like you, you have to pay this ransom uh, to be released. Um, and it usually leads to people taking plea deals, even when they have a viable defense, uh, even when they may be innocent. Uh, it, it, it leads to, if you go into the jail, you'll see a long line of women mostly looking to pay uh, the bond of a loved one. And they have to take that money away from their children, or they have to choose bet between uh, paying rent and making this payment to the system. So it's very problematic, and it's led to a lot of racial disparities. Okay. So, uh, Ron, what's your take on this thing? Is how this is a good first step? I, I, I heard Kendra say. So, what's your take on it as far as a good first step, and what's it going to mean in clearing up some of the misconception about it? I think it's a great first step. I think it's uh, you know it's it you know it's often been called the poor man, the uh, poor black person's tax, I believe, poor people's tax, and it is so. You know, the bottom line, the judge is going to get set bail and the bail is going to be a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. But the person's going to generally not have to stay in, in in prison or incarcerated waiting for trial unless, of course, they don't have the money. And the money should have nothing to do with if a person stays incarcerated waiting for trial or if they're out free going to their jobs and taking care of their families while they're waiting for trial. But unfortunately, with the cash bail system. That's all it is. It's a judge setting how much that person has to post in bail. So it, it's very, it's a, it's a bad system. And you know, here's Bob, I think here's where it really gets confusing to a lot of people that were against it. A judge can say, okay, for murder, there's going to be no bond set. You're going to stay in jail. Right. Okay. So 
so again, taking in all the factors that Kendra was speaking of, right, yeah, as exactly. to what 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 he has to make the determination of a number of factors as to set that on. And, and and so what this is going to do for a lot of folks is this going to free them up from the standpoint of not being held hostage to a, a bond and having to serve that time in jail or incarcerated until their court date. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. You know, as Kendra said, a lot of the, a lot of people are, you know, the loved ones are raising capital, taking away from their children, taking away from paying rent to get someone out of jail before their trial. Right. Um, and it's, it's, you know, they can't work if they're sitting in jail. There's, there's cases in, in Cook County in Chicago where people are sitting in jail for two, three years waiting for trial. They're not right. even guilty. You know, what happened right. to uh, innocent until proven guilty in this country? Well, that don't exist with a cash bond system. Got it. Uh, Kendra, are there other states that have implemented this? There are. I believe New York, uh, California, and it's another state uh, that ha they've implemented something similar. I'm not real familiar with them, but I know it has been implemented in other states. Uh, we're seeing that it's growing, especially, like I said, with the recent, what's been in the news recently with, with right. Taylor, George Floyd, and just all this awareness to the system of over-policing and how it leads to people being taken into custody. So it's been a lot of attention. So it has been implemented in other states. Okay. And what, from an outcome standpoint, what is this going to help do? And by the way, when is this supposed to be law? Is it law now? It's, it's already been signed into the into law. Uh, some of the provisions won't be worked out until I believe 2023. Uh, it gives the court some time to work out, I guess, alternatives and really implement the system. Uh, but it's already law. Uh, the outcome is, is so much that comes from it. Like I said, I have a client now that's sitting in custody on a $30,000 cash bond, meaning there's a there's something called a debund where you only have to post 10%. And so normally that would be like 3000 but his is a cash bond, meaning he has to come up with $30,000 in cash to get out. And so it causes some tension in the attorney-client relationship, right? Especially with this pandemic, because if he's sitting in custody, of course, he's he's kind of rushing me to get through the process. But if I'm rushed, it's hard to do a, get, get him a viable defense. It's hard to talk about witnesses. It's hard to show him discovery. And so it's going it's, it's a great outcome, uh, you know, for me as an attorney, uh, for people who have to deal with this. Uh, it, it created a, two different systems for the rich and the poor. So OK, so, so what what is seen as the misconception, Ron, from the standpoint of your vantage point? What's the misconception about this or what's the downside people are thinking about? Uh, criminals are going to be let out on the street to create more crimes. That's the number one uh, argument I've heard. And that's okay. just not the case. The first I mean, they're innocent until proven guilty. So we're not saying they're not going to trial. They're not saying they're not going to get their time. And they're not saying they're not going to go to jail if they are found guilty. We're saying they're not going to sit in, in a uh, a jail jailhouse saving taxpayers money by the way you know reducing the the stress on our jail system but they're right. not going to sit in there while they're waiting for trial to be found innocent or guilty and and kendra what would you put a number of percentage on people that this is going to help you know versus the real hard cases the real criminals that are are the folks that are committing murders or robbing or any one of a number of, of egregious crimes how what's the percentage of this is going to help I don't have a percentage, but a great deal. I will say that uh, most offenses are nonviolent. Uh, okay. Most, most people are being, who are being detained on a bond that they cannot afford, it's a nonviolent offense. Most of it is drugs, uh, quite frankly, which should be viewed as a, you know, a public health issue. I don't have an exact percentage, but it will 
a significantly reduced amount of people who are being detained. So then to Ron's point, this is going to help us give us some relief in the jail system and people that are being incarcerated uh, because of this, uh, you know, uh, very kind of a draconian way, draconian uh, system that is putting a whole bunch of <clears throat> people in there that really are nonviolent offenders, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <clears throat> okay. Um, from your perspective, Ron, what, how can you help educate people out there within your circle of influence? What, what kind of things can we do? I think we're doing it right now, Bob, talking about it on our show. Let's bring this up, you know, as, as at least, you know, as a white person, I can bring this up and say, look, this is a bad system. We need to change it. And this helps change so many things. You know, I don't know how many people have had experience of sitting in a jail room for six or nine or 12 months, but that can change, especially a young person that can change that person. And yep. that's happening to our young people before they're ever found guilty of a crime. And all of a sudden that's a different person coming out of jail than went into jail and he hasn't even been found guilty yet. Right. So I think just getting out and talking about it, helping people understand that they're not, the public's not going to be put as not being put into uh, uh, danger, just taking away the unfair system that if an individual don't have that cash, they can right. still be treated like the, the rich, wealthy person that does have the cash. You got it. Well, guys, I can't thank you enough, Kendra and Ron, for coming on today and helping us get out some word out there and maybe clear up a, a bit of misunderstanding. And I want to thank our audience for tuning in today. Remember, we're here every Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock on AM 1160. Full podcasts out there. Get out there to our website. We have a podcast button for you to get out there. If you don't have time to listen to the show live, they can download a podcast and listen to it from anywhere in the world. Also, there's a, a app out there for AM 1160 to listen to it live. We'll be back next Saturday here on Faith Marketplace. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.